Okay, everybody, welcome to the Dog End Podcast. I'm sitting uh, virtually across Fresno with a very good colleague and friend of mine, um, Kathy Dunbar. And so, Kathy, I'll start by asking you uh, to tell us a little bit about your own journey into higher education. Well, thank you, William, and thanks for the opportunity to be a part of this really cool podcast that you've got started here at Fresno State. It's very exciting. Um, my educational journey into higher ed, honestly, I started off at Cal State Northridge uh, for health administration. Uh, due to family situations, I transferred into Fresno State, finished my health admin at Fresno State. Um, and then from there, uh, I did work in the career field that I intended, which was as an administrator of a nursing home or a convalescent facility in Madera. And then decided to actually change careers and ended up going uh, five years later into a graduate program up in Portland, Oregon. I graduated with my master's in uh, actually pastoral ministry, so it's more of a theological degree in women's ministry. And from there, I got a job actually at the school that I graduated from in the registrar's office as the assistant registrar. But because it was a small private college, I did a lot of advising. I did the transfer credit. I did a lot of different roles. And that's actually when I fell in love with higher education and academic counseling. Um, I honestly didn't even realize it was a career field because <laughs> right. I never used it when I was in college. But um, I, I stumbled into it, but yet I totally fell in love with it and realized finally I have discovered my calling in, in a career that blends together both um, the administrative skills and abilities as well as the counseling um, skills and abilities that I feel I have and get to use right. on a daily basis. So that, and then I just stumbled on, I, I left Portland, came into Fresno, worked at um, a couple other universities until I came to Fresno State and I've been here almost 13 years. So I finally found my home <laughs> of where I enjoy. <laughs> doing uh what i get to do counseling and some administrative things yeah i um i remember i met you when you started uh advising in uac yes you yeah did. yeah because you worked with kathleen and so yeah, yeah. That was, it was fun to to meet you and then watch your journey as you've progressed and you are now in this amazing role that you've done so that's been fun too well what's your uh student philosophy you know, my student philosophy is, um, I tried to rewrite it for like a Nakata conflict or not a conflict, a Nakata course I did. And it's hard for me to summarize in the philosophy other than um, I believe all students have the ability and capability to achieve the goals that they set out for themselves. And so my philosophy is to um, listen and try and meet the students where they're at and then guide them along the pathway as best as I can to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. Um, I just kind of feel like I'm the encourager, I'm the sounding board, I am the one that kind of helps, uh, you know, make them feel comfortable, listened, belonged, belonging somewhere. Um, but all students have the abilities and capabilities to achieve the goals that they set out for themselves. Sometimes they just may not realize it. So they need to encourage that, I think, is more of my philosophy is just to kind of um, listen, meet the students where they're at, and help them continue moving forward. You know, in the, in the walls of a college, any 
college student worth their salt is probably changing their major like between four and ten times mm-hmm. not speaking from personal experience <laughs> though I am. <laughs> uh, but you know so you advise uh undeclared students on campus mm-hmm. and the team that you work with do that too um once students have seen an advisor uh as an undeclared student what should they be able to do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and I think we all approach our students a little differently because of our, our own styles and events and personalities. But once a student meets with any of us in the University Advising Center, they should be able to walk away knowing they have options and a pathway on how to discover that. So whether that's going to be a series of meetings where we talk about different things at each session, like their skills and abilities, their hesitation for making a decision because until a student is ready to actually make that decision into a major or a career, we're kind of at a roadblock. You know, so sometimes it's a matter of discovering what is it that's preventing you from making your decision. Is it, you know, familial or family pressures or expectations? Is it you're paralyzed because you're afraid you're going to make the wrong decision and mess up your whole life because you decided on the wrong major? You know, and so th- there's a lot of reasons why students are just actually hesitant to make that decision. So I think once they meet with an advisor, um, we can hopefully maybe address that if that's part of the issue. And then the other is just um, giving them options and ways to start experiencing or, or exploring different options like career assessments or different websites, um, just conversation. So they should have something in mind once they leave our session, our first meeting about the pathway it will take for that particular student to achieve their ability to make a decision to declare a major or follow a career path. It sounds like if, uh, undeclared advisors are are always in the position of it's not you, it's me. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If I can't so, help you. I'm sorry, right. it's my fault. You can't make a decision. Like we have to try and delve a little deeper, I think, sometimes. Right. <laughs> figure out what what it is you know right. so I think I that could be probably why we like to be called academic counselors versus advisors because yeah that's, that's a, yeah, a that's, right those are those are some big life decisions that have to be made I, I remember having a student and her parents they just said doctor 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 and she was like I want to be a cosmetologist I don't know how to tell them that yeah and then you get to walk them through that too in a way that you know they they get to still show the honor and respect to their parents mm-hmm. because you know there's that there's that layer too of just how do you do that i mean i remember having a student years ago early on that he was in one major and just failing everything he, he just didn't like it but that's what he was expected to do right. um, and we kind of talked it out a little bit and we had him do one whole semester this is risky, but I don't, I don't know if I'd ever do this again But with him, but he did a whole semester of classes in the major he really wanted. Mm. And in that semester, he got the highest grades he had ever earned. Wow. Wow. And from there, he went and talked with his parents. And so I got proof. I have, this is what I want to do here. And then we talked about careers he can do in that. We gave him links to different um, resources so we could show them. Yeah. Even if I'm not major A that you prefer because you thought that would be good for me, it's never because you didn't think it'd be good for the student. It's always mm. in their best interest. But then to equip the student with what they need to then show 
they're making an educated, responsible decision by going a different route. So it, it takes a little finessing and it, and it takes a student to be able to trust us. So right. I think the big thing with us as the counselors, we need to really build that rapport with our students so they feel they can trust us and realize that we're just, we're just there to help them. They're our primary. Right. So, but yeah, it worked out for that guy. So, and he ended up <laughs> going on and getting a graduate degree. So that was exciting. Oh, oh that's such a good story. Yeah. Um, so how do you think, uh, you know, undeclared counseling fits into the big scope of a student's college career? Oh, wow. I, I think for those that are truly undecided or waffling between majors, I think it's key for them to be able to talk to somebody and, and talk it out. So I think um, overall in their experience, it helps them build the confidence that they need in order to continue to persist because during your college experience you're going to encounter challenges and struggles and hurdles i mean look at us now you know we're all going through challenges and hurdles students are trying to learn remotely um faculty are trying to teach remotely so unless you know why you're doing what you're doing and you're mm. about where you want to go you might not persist right so i think talking to a counselor, whether you're an undeclared or undecided, you're between majors, or you're actually in a major, you really need to connect with your advisor if you're considering um, an, another option or, or another avenue, because you need to know that you really want to do what you want to do in order right. to stay a lot of times. That's that's another great thing about about y'all and, and uh, the University Advising Center. A lot of students who, who declared from from application into a few semesters, they don't they don't know a lot about y'all because they never went down that path. Right. But when they have that that when they're thinking about like how do I have this awkward conversation with my current advisor that I don't want to be in biology anymore, I don't want to be in chemistry anymore. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, there's an office for that. <laughs> Go have that conversation there first and then yeah. see where it goes. And see where it goes and, and that's what we're here for. And um we also have the Career Development Center that most of the colleges have a, a liaison with one of the career development counselors as well. So we often will tag team with career development because they have the links and the know-how to the careers and the job market and what's out there. Um, and then we can help the student walk through the process of how to make that decision. So it's a good partnership. As if, as if you were the source of all knowledge, Kathy. Oh, no. What would you say <laughs> makes, <laughs> makes college difficult, uh, a difficult experience for students? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's a loaded question. Um, I, <laughs> I think what makes it different, because, like, this semester is different than any other, right? But right. In, in general, what makes college difficult, I think, multiple things. Um, the pressures that they might feel um, to try and balance work family and school i think perhaps um expected to go to college but you're not really sure why and what your goal is i think that makes college difficult um i think there's so many policies and practices in place that can make it difficult for students you know limits on various parts of your educational experience, whether it's units or repeats or, or who to go to. And just, you know, we have so many resources. I think part of the fact that they don't know where to go could be a difficult 
thing, um, which I think is why this podcast and other resources are more you know readily available or helpful. But I think what makes college difficult is and then a lot of times they might be the first one in their family to go. We have a huge portion of student population that um, they're the first one in their family to go to college. So they they may not know what to ask. They don't know where to go. They might feel the pressure of having to do super well, you know, in college and um, because they're the first to pave the pathway. And so I think that's a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of um, perceived and or actual expectations that people put on themselves of what they need to be doing for college. And I think the expectations are what can make it a difficult experience. Mm. And how, how do you, how do those types of inequities inform students thinking about what their career is going to be? Some of it, I think, is just what they're familiar with and what they have seen or grown up around. I mean, I think we, we often don't realize what all is out there. And, and perhaps based on where you're coming from, you might not feel like you have what it takes to go to X, Y, and Z. You know, and um, hopefully by talking things out with somebody, you'll realize everybody has the option and the potential. Um, it just might take a little bit of uh, additional outreach, additional support, or whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. let's get down the brass tacks, as they say. Oh, no. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> how, how are y'all doing this remotely? We are, um, we actually, we're doing fine remotely and we're all doing appointments through Zoom. So students could still schedule an appointment with our office. Uh, we do one-on-ones with Zoom. We can do phone, but we'll need to confirm it's actually you. So if you're doing a phone appointment, just be prepared to answer a few questions to make sure we're actually speaking to you and not a non-student. Um, and we have email access regularly, so they can go to the Fresno State directory and look up their campus email. They can look up the University Advising Center. Um, our admin assistant, Angela Bracamane, is kind of screening all of our emails and then she filters them out. So um, we're still here, 100%, still here. In fact, we, we had the highest um, summer uh, connection with students that we've had in years. So I, I wow. feel like people are finally realizing, look, I can reach out to the advising. We're here all year round. Um, we don't take summers off. We're here during the breaks. So just reach out by email, preferred phone, and then we'll set up Zoom meetings and whatnot. Yeah. Do you have any advice uh, in, for the tutors and SI leaders that work in the Learning Center on how to identify students that might need this service? Um, that's a good question because I, I would imagine they're a great frontline resource to help direct students to us. I mean, I know we direct a lot of students to you folks for, for advice and help and tutoring and support. Oh, my phone. Let me, I forgot to turn that to send off. All right. Sorry about that. Technology. Um, and so um, I think if, if a tutor or an SIM leader realizes that a student feels like they're waffling and they just are not fully committed to the topic at hand, that might be a flag to go, so what is it about this class or your major? And that could be like a trigger question if they really are noticing a lack of motivation. That might be something to be as a, a hint. Um, but I think the tutors and SI leaders 
are the a great resource to really connect with the student and know what they're doing, why they're doing it. They really have that really first hands-on experience with them, which is great. Right. Yeah. Okay, I have some, some rapid fire questions for you, Kathy. Uh, one word answers. Okay. If you need to elaborate, you can elaborate. I'll try to not be wordy. <laughs> Introvert. I am Kathy. Kathy Kathy Curry here. You might have answered the first one then. Introvert or extrovert? I'm actually introvert, but mm. very borderline. I can be extrovert when I need to, but at the heart, I'm, I'm more introvert. Okay, need your alone time. Yeah, although uh, I'm getting way too much of it right now, but yeah. <laughs> so I think that's why I look more extra extrovert. I finally get right. Email or appointment? Uh, both. Okay. Email for quick stuff that has immediate requests, and then if we need to talk more, then let's do an appointment. Okay. Scantron. Yeah. When you were a student, Scantron or short answer? Scantron. Hmm. I did not, anytime I would elaborate too much, I would, I could loop myself into like, I just would overthink it. But with the scantron, I can immediately like, cancel out things I don't know, focus on the one or two, and then decide. I think you may be the first person to say scantron. Okay, we, I think, <laughs> most in high school, I tried to like really elaborate on an answer, and when I got it back, he wrote a big red BS on it. I'm like, yeah, give me scantron. Don't give me too much. <laughs> Give me the options. <laughs> uh, meat or no meat? Meat. Like meat. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark. In fact, I, I just got introduced to, to dark mint or mint plus dark chocolate Kit Kats. I just found those oh. the other day. Oh. Is that is that a, a, a mint green wrapper? Yes. I saw that in Las Vegas and I was tempted because I do love uh, the combination of mint and dark chocolate. It's probably the only way I eat it. I didn't try it though. Now I regret it. You gotta get it. Save Mark. Delicious. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your least favorite word? I don't think I have a, oh, bro, bro. Hey bro, hey bro. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, that, I think that's it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's classic. No bro. <laughs> bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> but anybody, like it's male or female, it doesn't matter. They might add an A, I don't know, but it's just, yeah, that one. <laughs> what is your favorite word? Oh my goodness. I don't even know if I have a favorite word. Um, I'll just say thankful. Because it applies to thankfulness and the, and the characteristic that, like, I'm thankful or thank you. I think it's a good word. Just overall. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I There's some insights in here that I think uh, students who are either undecided, undeclared, or those students that are in a major that they're not feeling passionate about can take a lot from. Thank you. I, I hope so. I, I thank you for the opportunity, William. This was um, this is enjoyable. It was a lot of fun just having a conversation with a friend. I appreciated it very much. And it got me thinking too. So thank you so much. Oh yeah. Thank you.